worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. God Almighty. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We welcome you in this place. We're nothing without you. We can do nothing without you. We recognize our need for you. We need you, Jesus. And we want you. We want to walk with you. We want to work with you. We want to do your will. So we surrender our lives again. Once again, we surrender to you, Jesus. We surrender to you, Jesus. Jesus. Precious Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite the ushers to come. They're going to distribute the bread and the juice this morning. Symbols of the Lord's sacrifice. Representing the price that Jesus paid. You can remain standing or take your seat. It's up to you. Take the bread and the juice in your hand and just wait. We'll eat and drink together. Let's remember this morning the price that Jesus paid the sacrifice that Jesus made thank you Lord Jesus we thank you Lord Jesus Lord we thank you that you came we thank you Lord that you died 
took our sin you bore our sin in your own body and by your stripes we were healed dear father we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made today we remember the price that Jesus paid we examine our own hearts whether we're walking in the faith we examine our relationships if there be any bitterness if there be any, be any offense in our hearts if we have aught against any Father, we forgive freely today. I encourage you to do that yourself. Examine your own hearts. You cannot allow unforgiveness in your hearts. Freely we've received forgiveness. Freely we must give. That's part of what it means to rightly discern the Lord's body. The bread represents the body of Christ. As we eat, we remember Jesus. We remember the healing that flows because of the stripes that he took upon himself. So receive healing today. Declare over your own body by the stripes of Jesus. I was healed. I was healed. It's already done. It's already finished. And I enforce today in my body what Jesus purchased for me. I receive it by faith. And again, the rest of Christ's body, our brothers and sisters, we examine those relationships as well let there be no division let there be no offense or bitterness in your life confess to the Lord whatever needs to be confessed let him restore you and he'll tell you what else you need to do so that you can have peace in your life take the bread in your hand Father we thank you again we thank you for Jesus we remember the Lord's death today we remember the sacrifice today and we know that Jesus is alive 
And healing flows from him even now. We receive that healing in our bodies. And we receive it for all of our relationships. In the name of Jesus, let's eat together. By his stripes, you are healed. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Healed in the name of Jesus. Confess that over your family. Confess that for anyone that you know who's struggling in their body. By, by the stripes of Jesus, they're healed. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you, dear Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Father, also we remember the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. The precious blood of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. The blood was shed, poured out for us. Oh, we thank you for it, Father. Because of the blood, we stand redeemed. We stand restored. Completely cleansed. Our sin isn't just covered. You purged our sin. You washed it away. You purge even our conscience. And we're totally free today. 100% free today because of the blood we plead the blood of Jesus now over our lives over our families over our church we plead the blood of Jesus today over our city over our state over our nation the blood of Jesus speaks and it says that we're redeemed says that we belong to Jesus. Every man, woman, and child, they've been purchased with the blood of the Lamb. And we thank you for it, Father. We freely give ourselves to you. We acknowledge today we are not our own. We were bought with a price. The precious blood of Jesus. Therefore, we seek to glorify God in this life. To live is Christ. To live is Christ. Oh Lord, we'll live for you. We'll walk with you. We'll do your will, Father. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. If you need forgiveness in your life for anything, 
just receive it. Our Father is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us if we'll just confess to Him. Father, we thank you. We receive forgiveness and we give it away. In the name of Jesus, let's drink. sacrifice that he made. He died for your sin. He took your sickness. He did it all for you. Lord, we thank you for the gift of eternal life. The gift of salvation. Oh, we thank you for it, Father. We thank you in the name of Jesus. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is alive. Amen. We thank God for all that he has done for us. Amen. I've mentioned it the last couple times that we've had communion in the church. Don't limit that to once a month in your life. I encourage you to gather as families with your children and lead them in this right at home Amen make it a part of your life your, your regular routine Hallelujah and you'll be blessed Amen Praise God Glory to Jesus It's good, good to see everybody Are you blessed? Are you happy? Let me see some smiles It's always nice to see happy faces Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We serve a good God. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hey, why don't you tell your neighbor how much you love him? Dere, 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 dere. Lots of love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Well, our, our pursuit continues. We're, we're in pursuit. And we're never going to stop. Amen. Amen. We keep chasing the right things. We keep looking unto Jesus. 
He's called the author and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12, 2. Amen. Amen. We're pursuing his kingdom. And his kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans 14, 17. We are in pursuit. Pursuing Jesus. Pursuing his kingdom. And all that his kingdom is. We're children of the king. And he's made you a, a a king and a priest too. He's called you to rule and reign with him. His kingdom is your kingdom. And so we must learn the ways of his kingdom. So these are the things that we're pursuing. And if you were here a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, you might remember that we, we talked about Abraham when he went and pursued his family members who'd been taken captive. His nephew and his and Lot's family were all taken captive. And Abraham pursued them. And overcame the enemy and brought his family back. And it's with that kind of intensity you should pursue the things of God. We don't take it lightly. Imagine if a loved one was kidnapped. What would you do? How far would you go? How fast would you move? Right? We wouldn't take it casually. Oh yeah, my son's missing. I remember when I lost my son. I was frantic. We were on MG Road. I stopped. And he kept walking. And I, he was only maybe five years old or something. But I, and I looked and he was gone. And I remember that feeling. Oh God, I got to find my son. And he was just so cool, he just took around. And I found him. And we, we lost Mahima once too. And that was like in the 
the puja time, so there was people everywhere. And all of a sudden, she's gone. And we were not like relaxed about it, like, oh, no big deal. Okay. But we, we, we really were in pursuit. We sought and we found. Okay, but people approach the things of God so lightly. Sometimes when it comes to the things of the Spirit, we move so slow. But what does it mean to pursue? It means that you, you, you chase after what you want. You become like a hunter. And you're hunting for the things of God. Amen. Amen. We're in pursuit. When Abraham did that, do you, do you know who he met while, while he was returning? It's very interesting. I want to show it to you. It's recorded in the book of Hebrews. Chapter 7. We'll read a couple verses. This is in reference to the original account that's found in Genesis 14. Hebrews 7.1 mentions this character, this mysterious character named Melchizedek. Can you believe I have a friend named Melchizedek? Of course, he just goes by Mel. But his name is Melchizedek. And his mom used to tell him, Mel, kiss my neck. <laughs> doesn't work the same huh, in Nepal. Okay, but this is who Abraham met. He's called the king of Salem. That means peace. He's called the priest of the Most High God. And it says that he met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings. Those are the kings that Abraham went and slaughtered to get his family back. And it says here that Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Verse 2. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. First being translated king of righteousness. And then also king of Salem. Meaning king of peace. Isn't it interesting? Who Abraham encountered 
in his pursuit. The king of righteousness. The king of peace. The priest of the most high God. That's who met Abraham. That would be Jesus. Everybody agrees. This Ani, Melchizedek is a, a, a incarnation of Jesus. A revelation of Jesus before Jesus had come and Ani, was born in the flesh. And that's who met Abraham. So here's the lesson. When you pursue the right things, when you move with godly fear, when you refuse to remain still spiritually, when you're going after the things of God, then you can expect the same kind of encounters in your life. Righteousness and peace are going to meet you as you pursue God. Now, in this story, it also mentions the first time the tithe was ever used. Abraham gave a tenth of everything to Melchizedek. The first time the tithe is ever mentioned. And it was in response to the blessing of God. Melchizedek blessed Abraham. And Abraham's response was the tithe. Always remember, we don't tithe to get blessed. We tithe because we're blessed. You are blessed. You've been blessed by the Most High God. The Bible says you're blessed with the blessing of Abraham. And so let me encourage you. Your response should be like Abraham. That 10% belongs to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's thank God for his word. We tremble at your word, Lord. Your word is alive. Your word is powerful full of truth full of revelation full of instructions Father we ask you today instruct us in righteousness may the ways of your kingdom be revealed to us in a new and living way in the name of Jesus Father we pray for India Father, we pray for India.
West Bengal elections are happening today. We speak peace there. All over this nation. We speak peace. And Father, we thank you. Your kingdom has come. And your perfect will is being done. All over India. Right here in Sikkim. Right in our city, Gangtok. Your perfect will. Just as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Say amen. Amen, Banas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of peace. It's just up to God's people to pursue it. You have to pursue peace. One man said this. He said, success is peace of mind. I like that. I agree with that. How do you define success? If you don't have peace of mind, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how cool you think you are. If you don't have peace of mind, then you can hardly call anything successful. Success is peace of mind. Are you in pursuit of peace? Ephesians 4.3 It tells us to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That we must endeavor to do that. It's a commitment that we make. That we're working toward this end. That there would be peace in our lives. Keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This bond of peace is something that we must protect. How do you protect a bond? Another word for bond is band. Like a rubber band. How do you protect a band. Well, if you get bound together, look, come over here. Look, protect the, the bond of the Spirit. The band of the Spirit. Keep the bond of peace. How do you protect that? You have to know your limits. You have to know your boundaries. You can't stretch this thing too far. You got to know which steps to take. You got to know which steps not to take. I don't, don't want to break this bond. 
God has connected His people. And there is a bond of peace that weaves throughout His church. God calls us into fellowship. Don't mess with the bond of peace. Don't, don't wander too far. Don't build up tension in that bond. That's how you protect it. That, that's how you keep the bond of peace from snapping. And something else about a rubber band. We have to learn this. Look, you have to be flexible. You, you, have to, you have to have some flexibility in your life. You know, otherwise, You'll snap. <laughs> Just like a rubber band, you pull this thing hard enough, it's going to snap. And some people, they can snap just like that. So quick to snap. Now listen, you have to have some flexibility in your life. It, it's a band of peace. Flexibility means understanding. That we, we understand each other. We walk with understanding. We seek to understand each other and we seek to make ourselves understandable. Amen. Amen. So you have to know your limits. Remember again, a band can only stretch so far. Be, be flexible. The more you can stretch, the less likely you are to snap. Amen. Amen. That doesn't mean we're compromising all the time. You have to have some standards in your life. And flexible doesn't mean that you're just going here and there all the time, and back and forth, and up and down. Okay, but we're merciful. We're gracious. We're not quick to cut the tie. Oh, you don't agree with me? Cut you off then. I'll teach you a lesson. No, when we when we break that bond of peace, everybody suffers. One of our key scriptures is Romans chapter 14. Verse 19. Look at it again. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which, by which one may edify another. So, 
हमी शांति होने र आपस में सुधारने कुड़ा को पची लगाऊं। Now the Bible tells us exactly what to pursue. अनि बाइबल में दर्शक कुंचे कुड़ा को हमी पची लगना पड़ता है। Let us pursue the things which make for peace. अनि त्यो कुड़ा और को हमी पची लगो जिसले शांति बनाऊं सानी आपस में सुधारने कुड़ा लगाऊं। We want peace. अनि हमी शांति चाहन दसों। People like peace. अनि मैंने सला शांति मंद पड़ता है ना रस। So pursue the things which make for peace. अनि ते सही कारण यदि हमला शांति मंद पड़ता बने हमी त्यो and the things by which one may edify another. अनि जून कुरा द्वारा आपस में सुधारने कुरारु को कुराहुंसा. We want to build each other up. अनि अमी एकारकलाई अमी build करना चाहन्सा. We want to encourage one another. अनि एकारकलाई अमी उत्साहित करना चाहन्सा. So we're told here to seek and pursue to do that. अनि जैसे कन्या बंदे सकी हमी यो कुरार को पची लागना निखोजना जरूरी सा. And in real simple terms. अनि you could call that just being a peacemaker. Just like Jesus said. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called sons of God. God equates Sonship with being a peacemaker. अनि परमेश्वर ले से छोरा छोरी वहाँ को संतान उन्हें कुड़ा लाचे शांति बनाऊंने कुड़ा संग वाले जोनुंस। You're never more like God than when you seek to make peace. अनि जब तब मैंने शांति कायम रखने कुड़ा खोजनु हूँ सत्यो गर्दा Blessed are the peacemakers. Not the troublemakers. Amen. Amen. You know the Bible tells us some things about the troublemakers too. I'm going to show you in the book of Titus. I think I like Titus. His Nepali name better. Ani malai Titus ko Nepali naam Titus mantwada sa. Titus just sounds nice. Ani Titus ramro sunincha. Titus ten das. Titus three ten. It says. Ani ya mande sa. To warn troublemakers once or twice. It's one of those little hidden books, you know, Titus. Warn them once or twice. Then don't have anything else to do with them. Okay, now the hope would always be for restoration. That that would occur. Okay. But you have to watch out for troublemakers. Don't be one. And don't allow them in your life. It doesn't mean there's no future there. But troublemakers need some distance. And perhaps they'll sort things out in their own hearts. 
and restoration can occur. But the Bible is real clear here. Don't associate with a troublemaker. It's a divisive person. Some of the English Bibles use the word heretic. That you, you don't associate with heretics. It just means someone who's divisive. Maybe they just want to argue with you. Maybe they just want to prove their point. Maybe they just want to challenge everything. Well, don't associate with people like that. Okay. This is good preaching whether you believe it or not. I'm, I'm not making this up. Okay. This is God's word. Don't be a troublemaker. And don't hang around one. Why? It's because the peace of God is precious. You have to protect it. And, and some people are out to cause trouble. Sometimes unknowingly. They're causing trouble. You have to protect peace. So you have to watch out for the troublemakers. Now, even more than people, because I don't believe people are ever really the problem. More than people, there are things that try to trouble your soul. So when you think of troublemaker, don't just automatically think of a person. Okay, but think about the thing that is actually bothering you. Because the things that trouble your soul, those are troublemakers. If you allow them to, they'll disturb your peace. Don't have anything to do with those things. <laughs> Do you know there's enemies of peace? There are enemies to the peace of God in your life. And you need to distance yourself from those enemies. Or as you grow, they won't bother you anymore, even if they're near you. Okay, 
And that's even better. Because you can't, you know, uh, don't go hide in a cave somewhere. I just have to distance myself from everyone and everything so I can have peace. That's not the answer. But if you can grow and mature, then the same thing, whatever it was, the same thing that used to trouble you, I don't, I'm not troubled anymore. Amen. Amen. The same thing that used to get on your nerves so badly. Let's talk about some of the enemies of peace. Worry and fear. Those are enemies. If you worry, or if you're afraid, then you're going to lose your peace. So when worry or fear tries to creep into your life, what did the Bible say to do with a troublemaker? See, I'm warning you. Warn, warn a troublemaker once or twice. And after that, have nothing to do with it. So worry, fear, I'm warning you. How, how many of you have ever had worry or fear try to come? More than once? Twice? Okay, after once or twice, you're supposed to have nothing to do with it. Okay, that's it. I'm done with you. Worry, fear, I'm done. I'll have nothing more to do with you. Treat it like that. It's an enemy of your soul. This is the real enemy, not the person. So whatever troubles you, be done with it. The Bible gives no occasion for worry. We justify worry. We convince ourselves. It's okay to worry about this. Right, because this is some special thing that I should worry about. No, the Bible gives no occasion for worry. Never did the Bible say about anything Worry about it. Philippians 4. 
Verse 6 tells us not to worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Anything. That means worry about nothing. Have nothing to do with it. Instead, we are told to pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank Him for all that He's done. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to pray about it. And I'm going to thank God for all that he's done. Because of all that he's done, I can face this thing, whatever it is. And I don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Ever about anything. Be careful. Worry about nothing. Worry is contrary to peace. So is fear. It's after your peace. It just wants to disturb you. It just wants to confuse you. It's contrary to faith. If you're standing in faith, you don't worry. So you, these things don't mix together. And God will help you to overcome every worry, every fear. Every time. You're told to pray about everything. And that's how we move out of worry into faith. Pray. Pray to keep your peace. Pray to get your peace back. Pray yourself into a place of perfect peace. If you're being troubled about anything, pray until that worry or fear lifts from your life. It will lift. It works. Amen. Amen. In that prayer, mix a lot of things. Just thank God. You can't be thankful and full of fear at the same time. When you begin to thank God, you, you turn your spiritual temperature up high. Worry and fear begins to melt like ice. It just melts off your life. It can't stand the furnace of thanksgiving. 
Look at the result here in verse 7. It says that then you'll experience God's peace. When will you experience God's peace? It's when you quit worrying, you, you pray that worry and fear out of your life, and you replace it with thanksgiving. If sickness or disease worries you, then thank God for help. Thank God that you're healed. Thank God by the stripes of Jesus. I was healed. Thank God that you will live and not die. With long life, he'll satisfy you and show you his salvation. If you're worried about failing, then thank God that he has made you prosperous. Thank God that he has blessed you. Thank God for all the promises, great and precious promises. Whatever worries you, if you'll thank God instead, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Now this is glorious. This is a whole nother level of peace that people don't most people, they never tap into that kind of peace. It's beyond imagination. And his peace will guard your heart and your mind. As, as you live in Christ Jesus. You need that. You need God's peace surrounding your heart and your mind. And the way you get it is you refuse to worry. That worthless troublemaker, I will have nothing to do with it. Worry and fear, I'm warning you. You don't come near my heart or my mind. I'll have nothing to do with you. He's not giving me a spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Fear is not a fruit of the Spirit. Worry is not a fruit of the Spirit. I am filled with the fruits of righteousness. 
Love is growing in me. Peace is growing in me. Joy is growing in me. Worry and fear, it's shriveling up, it's dying. Have nothing to do with it. The little things that agitate us. Those, those are enemies of your peace too. The things that get on your nerves. I've learned something about this. I've learned that sometimes I can be my own biggest enemy. Maybe you've learned that too. Because if I'm agitated, guess what? That's my problem. It's my problem. If I'm getting annoyed, aggravated, then that is exposing the flaw in my own heart. You are responsible for your own attitude. Amen. Amen. You have to get over the things that agitate you. Stop being easily agitated. I'm preaching to myself. There's all kinds of things that bother me. Less and less though. I'm, I'm, I'm less agitated than I was. I haven't arrived yet. Okay, but the Lord is working. And you, you can overcome all the agitations in your life. Don't be easily annoyed. Just be cool. Amen. Amen. Everything's going to be all right. Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus is alive. Amen. Amen. So whatever's bothering me, it doesn't really change anything. But I need to change. Amen. 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 Self consciousness. That can be another enemy of peace in your life. Don't have anything to do with it. You know, it's good to be comfortable in your own skin. You have to live with you. And if you're so self-conscious, concerned about what everybody else thinks, take a break from the mirror sometimes. Just take a break. 
Just be you. God made you wonderful. God made you beautiful. You are a blessed child of Almighty God. And it's not your job to please everybody. It's not your job to be perfect. There are things that all of us need to change. And the Lord is working on those things. But just be you. If you are yourself, then and God can use you. Amen. Amen. But I know oftentimes we struggle with self-consciousness. And that stops us from stepping out in faith. It robs us of our confidence and our boldness. Instead of being self-conscious be God-conscious be conscious of Him His greatness His word His promises let go of self-consciousness and embrace God-consciousness what does he say about you what does his word say about you amen amen it's not so important even what you think about yourself but what does God think all these enemies of peace they're all rooted in the biggest enemy of all. You want to know what the real enemy of peace is? You want to know? I can't wait to share it with you. Why do people get worried? Why fear? Why the agitation? Why all the self-consciousness? What's it all come from? It can all be traced back to one thing. And if you want to know what it is, you'll have to come back next week. So that's, that's the teaser. That's what, I hope that's the bait, the hook that keeps you coming back. Okay, we'll get into it next week. Amen. Stand with me. Let's just take a moment and thank God.